Did you miss Canty and Carlin? in the NFL, and that's exactly what it's done for the Jacksonville Jaguars as we discuss them with their game coming up tonight against the Jets. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. You can also catch us on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Knight, so he's Randy Scott. We are in for the guys, and Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Trevor Lawrence is a huge reason that Jacksonville has been able to turn their season around. Last six games, 14 touchdown passes, just one interception. Not shockingly, Jacksonville 4-2 and two in their last six games. On SportsCenter all night last night, here is what Mike DiRocco, the ESPN NFL Nation Jaguars reporter, had to say about Trevor Lawrence and when exactly he turned his season around. So that was uh, the game he was referencing, not feeling great, was uh, against the Denver Broncos, a game they lost 21-17. And then he went on this run over the last six games that he's been able to go on. And it just kind of shows you... Yeah, guys kind of develop at different times, and it was almost, I don't know, I, I almost give him a redshirt year last year, Randy. The way that everything transpired in Jacksonville, oh. and it seemed like there was a new story coming out each and every week about Urban Meyer and how he had ticked off one of his players in the locker room. So he kind of got the reset, and it was going to take him a little bit of time to kind of get on the same page as his new head coach and Doug Peterson, but now that he is, we're starting to see the Trevor Lawrence we thought we were going to see when he was that number one pick coming out of Clemson. Doug Peterson doesn't get enough credit, man. And, and and give plenty of credit to Trevor Lawrence, you're right, because there have been you know, younger, talented quarterbacks who have just folded, understandably so, but just thrown in the towel and spit the bit, whatever you want to say. I mean, have just looked at that coaching adversity and said, I, man, I don't want to be here. I, I, I don't want to be a part of this. I've got to listen to this. This rah-rah dude, you know, taking a, a career and maybe a financial victory lap, and he's kicking our kicker at practice, and I've got I've to take direction from him as I'm still trying to get my feet under me as an NFL quarterback. Like that, that would have broken and has broken. That sort of upheaval has broken other quarterbacks. But Doug Peterson, he's not, he's not top of mind when it comes to offensive gurus and geniuses in the NFL, right? It's the Kyle Shanahan's and, and the Sean McVay's. But Peterson is just the kind of steady influence that a quarterback like that, a truly broken quarterback, a box of, of disjointed puzzle pieces and that needs help getting put back together. Peterson deserves a ton of credit, man. And they have been playing their best football as the season's gone on. It's been really cool to see them build. Yeah, I mean, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles starting at quarterback. And things <laughs> kind of fell apart quickly after that yeah. in Philadelphia with – you know, with Carson Wentz and the way thing. And I think that's kind of been forgotten a little bit because of how quickly that franchise in Philadelphia has rebounded from that. But to me, Doug Peterson did the smart thing. If we want to talk about smart coaches, uh, he gets let go, and he probably could have taken a number of different jobs last year. Instead, he kind of sits back, waits for a job that, ooh, this one's intriguing. I get to work with this young prospect who has that kind of talent. He sees that opportunity in Jacksonville and goes down there, and now you're starting to see that success. To me, that's... Yeah, I'm 100% with you in that Doug Peterson does not get enough credit for being the smart offensive mind that we've seen him be. Yeah, no, he's he's not top of that list. He took, you know, having that gap after the Eagles run, like not just taking the next train leaving, sort of being able to pick his spot. You know, he's it's the rare Super Bowl winning coach 
uh, you know, available in free agency. And so for him, it's sort of if you're Trevor Lawrence and you get blessed by that choice, Doug Peterson chooses you, not just the team, not just the location and the division and whatever else, but chooses you as the quarterback he's going to hitch his professional future to. That's a tremendous vote of confidence. And I guarantee that's how Peterson would have presented it, you know, like not as a like. Don't don't put any undue pressure on yourself here. This isn't oh man, I have to now you know play for my NFL future and your NFL coaching future. It's Doug Peterson being like, we are in this, we are in lockstep, we are in this together. Let's find concepts. Let's identify things that you not only do well but that you feel comfortable doing. Let's get you some layups in the middle of a game. Let's move the chains. Let's be able to you know identify things that route trees with our talented receivers that you feel like work. And at, I'll say this, man, that signing of Christian Kirk at the time, do you remember that was sort of that first? Oh, everybody was, everybody was dunking on it. Like, what yes. are they doing? I can't believe they gave all that money to Christian Kirk. And it was that first, like, financial domino to fall in the wide receiver market. How good does that signing look now? Oh, dude's almost got a thousand. He's going to go over a thousand yards before the season is said and done. He's been a great target all year long for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it. Again, it's one of those where it has worked out, and I remember everybody dunking on it. Everybody just, man, I can't believe the Jaguars are this desperate that they're going out and they're signing the number three receiver to that kind of money and thinking he can be a number Well, he's gone out and shown he can be a number one in this league for an up-and-coming offense. The, the, the one question around the Jags, though, are we buying in too soon because they are, or excuse me, too late? Because now, despite having this losing record, despite trailing the Tennessee Titans in their division, they're the favorite to win the AFC South. Do you still think that they're going to be able to get this done and come out on top and be a playoff team? I do. I do because I just we've, we've seen Tennessee, even with a healthy Ryan Tannehill, come back to the pack a little bit. And I, and I, I don't believe that the drop-off from Tannehill to Malik Willis is as precipitous, or, you know, as, as people might say. But I think that it's a combination of the, the Titans losing, you know, their offensive steady hand on the field. Uh, Derrick Henry is starting to show some of the, some of the, the wear from uh, pushing 300 carries again this season. So it's the Titans stalling combined with the fact that Jacksonville is clicking. They just, they are figuring things out on the fly. The schedule's a little advantageous. They can't afford to stub their toe tonight against Zach Wilson. You hate for the team from Florida to come up to have to play in the cold rain. Not just wind and rain, but you know, wind chills in the lower 30s tonight. That's going to be tough. The thing that gives me pause is winning is contagious. And if you haven't caught that bug recently, you kind of forget how to do it. And I say that to say this. The Jaguars have won two straight. They haven't won three straight since 2017. So they'll jump up and get you. You know, they'll jump up and get the Cowboys like they did last week. Can you sustain it? It's one thing to hang with the teams that where really not much is expected of you. It's another to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And that's what tonight is. Yeah, and on the other side of the team, they're chasing for the Titans. They've lost four in a row. So you can, I mean, that can, when when you're then going to your backup quarterback and your offense has already struggled and the most points you've scored in a game this year is only 27. Yeah, I can see that kind of slipping away from you really quickly if you happen to be the Tennessee Titans, despite Mike Rabel being the coach that he has been and and being an incredibly good coach to keeping that roster as competitive as it has all season long. You can join our conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the Dr. Pepper call-in line right here on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next, one NFL team might be in a win-win 
and a lose-lose situation all at once in Week 16. We discuss next here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? when the NFL made the changes to have a lot of backloaded divisional games. And I think it was a great change for the NFL because we get great games like Eagles-Cowboys coming up Saturday at uh, 425 Eastern. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. So also catch us on your smart speakers. Uh, I am not Canty nor Carlin, nor is he. I'm Gabe so along with Randy Scott in for the guys today. And this Eagles-Cowboys game on Saturday, Randy, is is an interesting one because the Cowboys seem like they're too far back to catch the Eagles and they're probably going to end up being a wild card team. But does that mean that this game is now a win-win or a lose-lose for the Cowboys? Win-win being, well, if you win that game, now you obviously have the confidence that even though it's a backup quarterback in Garner Minshew, that you can match up with the Eagles should you run into them in the playoffs. And then the other side of that being, well, if you lose, you can still win because, okay, we're definitely not going to catch them. Now you're in a spot where you could... Pick and choose who you want to rest over the final two weeks of the season to make sure you're healthy for a playoff run. Or is it a lose-lose in that, well, if you win, you end up, well, this is the team you're supposed to beat with a backup quarterback, but if you lose, now you have zero confidence in potentially beating the Eagles come playoff time. What side are you on? Is it a win-win or is it a lose-lose for the Cowboys? I absolutely hate this spot for the Cowboys. I hate it. It's it, To me, it is a clear, definitive Flawless lose lose. It, it, there's there's nothing to be gained. I mean, that's outside of them. I don't know. Maybe a, a couple hours on social media of, of of trolling. And the Cowboys fans don't need a football game to do that. They they do that anyway. I mean, they're the only fan base to tell me to die in a fire. And that was for just spouting stats on SportsCenter. You know, just <laughs> just pointing out that they hadn't won a Super Bowl since the '90s. You know. Um. So no, this is a lose lose. And I say that with all the sympathy I can muster here because it you're, it's exactly. As you said it, Gabe, if they win, they were supposed to win. You know, who can't beat Gardner Minshew is, is, is what Eagles fans would and should say, you know. Um, and if they, and if they, if they, if they lose to Gardner Minshew, that's, that's horrible. It's, hey, we'll see you guys. Maybe we'll see you in the postseason. Maybe we'll see you in the playoffs. And we're going to have, 
you know, the NFL MVP potentially instead of Gardner Minshew. Then you guys are in a lot of – it's Billy Madison playing dodgeball. You know, now you're all in big trouble. You know, I mean, that's that's what it is. It, it's a terrible spot. I don't see how I, – I truly don't see how it's a win-win unless you're about to argue that it is. No, no, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to argue it's a win-win. I think it's a lose-lose, too, for the Cowboys. It's just an interesting conversation to, to ask. And th- another one around this game – because we love to do it in sports radio. It's the what-if game. What if the Cowboys would have somehow survived against Jacksonville last week and they win that game? Does Jalen Hurts play? Do the Eagles feel like, okay, we have to make sure we squash the Cowboys, we beat the Cowboys so they don't feel like they can chase us down and potentially overtake that division? It's because it becomes a lot more interesting if the Cowboys come into this game with three losses, beat the Eagles. Now they have three losses to the Eagles, too. Can they catch them in the final two weeks? Would the Eagles stub their toe one more final time coming down the stretch? Or would the Eagles hold on to win the division? It becomes a little bit more of an interesting race in the NFC East. Instead, the Cowboys lose last week. And now it just kind of seems like the narrative, and it might be true because of the way they struggled against the Texans the week before, that the Cowboys have maybe been exposed a little bit and their defense isn't as good as we thought at the beginning of the season or is it, we, it's not as good as we thought a couple of weeks ago when they just pasted the Vikings 40-3 to up in Minnesota. The, the Cowboys seem like a team right now that's trying to fight for an identity of do teams fear us once we hit that wild card round in three weeks. Yeah, they, that's, you know, Tyler, we had Tyler Fulgham on, our ESPN sports betting analyst, and he had a tremendous point because it's it they're not inspiring fear, the Cowboys are, into opposing offenses the way they were for so much of this season. Their interior run defense has been gashed. Uh they're nicked up in the in the back end of their of their secondary. You can attack them in different ways. They're not a funnel defense anymore. And that I mean, gosh, I mean when when the Eagles are right, when they are healthy, I think is the best way to put it, they can beat you a myriad of ways. And in this way, they're basically the Cowboys are two funnels. You can get them uh, up the middle, uh, you know, through the passing game. You can get them up the middle through the run game. So, yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, in the inspiring confidence in themselves and inspiring fear in opponents. The Cowboys aren't doing either of those things. We already know that they're a playoff team. They have their 10 mm-hmm. wins. They've clinched a playoff berth, and that's always step one. If you're a Mike McCarthy team, win double-digit games, qualify for the postseason, and then try to stack your goals on top of that. Well, the Cowboys have made the playoffs a couple of times with Zeke Elliott on the team, and the Cowboys running back spoke this week saying, for him, it's no longer good enough just to make the playoffs. That's certainly the right mentality to have if you're a team that has those aspirations of making a run, getting back to the Super Bowl, as you have pointed out, Randy, uh, since the middle of the 90s. But do the Cowboys have a Super Bowl run in them? Do you think that this is a team that can make a run in the NFC? I think, I think defensively, if they get healthy and they address, you know, it really is just health. I mean, the, the, the injuries that they have at the back end of their secondary, as we said, um, and, and up the middle in, the, in run defense, if they can get those contributors back in time for the playoffs? Yes, ab- absolutely. I refuse to believe that Dak Prescott is suddenly a turnover machine. I mean, he's he has 10 of them since week seven. He has a, 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 an interception in four straight games. Last week, you know, the, the walk-off interception, the pick six to the Jaguars was was largely unlucky. But this is as diversified of a ground game as Dallas has had since Dak has been under center. It's not on Zeke the entire time anymore. He does have seven straight games with a touchdown, with a, with a rushing touchdown. But Tony Pollard is a tremendous one-two punch. It's almost like one and one A. So 
offensively, they have what they need, and defensively, they just need to get healthy. You cannot afford, though, to stub your toe in the wild card round. I think the NFC side of the postseason is going to be crazy. I think it has the potential. I think Tom Brady in a 7-8 win home playoff game hosting Buccaneers team can ruin a double-digit win wild card team season. It might be Dallas if they don't get healthy on the defensive end. Yeah, that's that's the scary situation if you end up being that number five seed in the NFC is as bad as the Buccaneers have been at times this year, as bad as Tom Brady has been in what we saw in the second half last week against Cincinnati. He's still Tom Brady. He yeah, still yeah. has – I mean, th- that's the guy that was trailing 28-3 in a Super Bowl and came back and won it. Like, that's the guy that has all the history that you have to look on the other side going, man, this is supposed to be our easy game? This is supposed to be the team that we're supposed to roll in and and we have to go and beat the greatest to ever do it at the quarterback position. That's it's just an unfortunate situation for the Cowboys because they're they're certainly one of the best four teams and seem like they should be hosting a game in the wildcard round. But until the NFL changes the way they've done things and go the route of the NBA and just straight seed this thing. Yes, you win your division, you get in. Going on the road and beating Tom Brady is never going to be an easy task in the postseason. And then because you're a wild card team, you'd likely have to then go play the number one seed. So the route for the Cowboys is just going to be incredibly hard. And I have a hard time thinking that right now they have it in them to make that deep playoff run. It just doesn't seem like it's it's certainly possible. Is it possible? Sure. It just seems unlikely given the route they would have to take in order to get to a Super Bowl. Now, if they got to host Tampa Bay, if they got to go on the road and maybe play San Francisco with Brock Purdy at quarterback, it seems a little bit more likely. But they've got the toughest route that you potentially would have to take in the NFC. Coming up next year on Canty and Carlin, one NBA superstar says nobody in his conference strikes fear in him. We'll tell you who it is and what he said. That's after Randy has this from FanDuel. Football season is heating up, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
Some believe that that's when the NBA season starts is on Christmas Day. Always a big day for the NBA. A couple of games right here on ESPN Radio. Five games across ESPN and ABC on television as well. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Randy Scott. And taking a look at those matchups, one of the biggest ones there, Celtics-Bucks, which is going to be a game right here on ESPN Radio, Randy. And it's interesting because these are two top teams in the East but right now, at least you know, 30 or so games into the season, both have pretty obvious flaws when you take a look at these teams and the way that they've played. Yeah, you know, and I look at the Celtics, and I think their defensive uh, rotations need work. I think their defensive intensity at times needs work, which is a little bit troubling because Al Horford is supposed to be a steady hand out there, and it's tough to grade them defensively considering they just got Robert Williams back in the lineup, and he is their rim protector. I mean, he is one of one within the Celtics lineup, but defensively they have shown remarkable um, propensity to just lapse in key spots. They're slow out of the gate. They rely on on stops in the fourth quarter. It's just a dangerous way to make a living. Offensively, though, they've been transcendent at times. And what we've seen is the offense kind of come back to the pack. The offense has gone from like an A-plus level to an A-minus level, and that has cost them some games. You know, Jason Tatum didn't play on Sunday against the Magic. They dropped their second straight in Boston against the Magic, and then they lost to the Pacers last night. So that's three straight home losses for a Celtics team that has now fallen from the one seed in the East and fallen behind Milwaukee. I defer to you, though, on Milwaukee. What's the What's the one clear flaw there? Uh, for the deer. Well, so Chris Middleton's been missing for a good chunk of the season. He's their number two scorer. He's a, he's a talented defender, uh, you know, gold medal winner. He's been to a couple of all-star games in the NBA. So him coming back certainly is going to help them. But it seems at times they're just kind of disinterested to start games. Take last night's game, for example. They're on the road taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, a young up-and-coming team in the Eastern Conference. And they just kind of seem disinterested in the beginning of the game, find themselves down 15 points at the end of the first quarter. So because Giannis and Drew Holiday and all those guys are competitors, they try to fight their way back into the game. But it just seems they come out flat. They're not coming out ready to go for each and every game, which is, again, over the course of an 82 NBA game, an 82 game NBA season is bound to happen. But it happened against the Grizzlies a couple of, you know, last week as well. And they end up losing that game in blowout fashion on the road. So right now the Bucks just... Depending upon the night, seem disinterested. I'm guessing that doesn't happen because this is a showcase game and a showcase time slot of the NBA's Christmas Day schedule. This is what a lot of people are expecting to be the Eastern Conference final showdown between these two teams after having a great Eastern Conference semifinal series yeah. last year. So my guess is the Bucks come ready to play come come Sunday afternoon when they when they take on the Grizzlies at 5 p.m. Eastern right here on ESPN Radio. It's a it's a fun matchup. I mean, they've they've locked horns in the postseason. Uh, what three of the last four seasons? Uh, you know, they, they're plenty familiar with each other. And Celtics fans will tell you that finals run last season. The 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 one opponent that scared them the most really was Milwaukee because Giannis he just gets off the bus with thirty five. You know, he just he has <laughs> it, not, and not just against the the NBA, but specifically against Boston. Boston did not have an answer for him, and it was just. You know, try to survive this Giannis onslaught and trying to do that over the course of seven games was just absolutely brutal. So it'll be a nice renewal of pleasantries. Um, I'm I'm uh, looking at elsewhere on that slate. I said that Warriors Grizzlies game. I, I really don't care that Golden State is is 15 and 18. It's more for me the problem that Steph won't play in that one. 
uh, because I think the Grizzlies could absolutely hang a, what a buck twenty on the Warriors right now the way they're going. So John Morant has been playing fearlessly, is having a great season, and the Grizzlies have one of the best records in the Western Conference. Last year had the best, second best record in the Western Conference, and he had a sit down with ESPN's Malika Andrews, and she asked him the question on who scares him in the NBA, and this was John Morant's response. Oh. Whoa. Okay. That is, whoa. He is fine in the West, he says. And (laughs) that is, I mean, okay, again, I like the confidence, but at the same time, I don't know if you want to be putting that out there, especially after last season when they had a a really tight series that they ended up winning in six games over the seventh-seeded Timberwolves in the opening round before being dispatched in in six games against the Golden State Warriors, and the Warriors are beat up and not playing as well, and as you mentioned, are 15 and 18 right now, and we'll get that matchup on on ESPN Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern on Christmas Day. But that is one heck of a statement to throw out there if you're John Morant. I'm trying, you know, I, I, you love to hear it. You want the face of your franchise to be respectfully swaggy. And he is that, right? Like, he has that club in his bag. Like, he has the confidence. He knows that he can take over a playoff series. Golden State knows that John Morant can take over a playoff series. But he does so not in a way that's, you know, it's not dismissive. Like, we could play that back. It was 10 seconds. He's just like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. He's not specifically pointing out other teams and being like, Phoenix is trash. Uh, the the Pelican <laughs> the Pelicans are unproven. Uh, the Lakers are old. Uh, the the Clippers are hurt. Like there are there are flaws with every you know contender to the throne in the West. There are flaws that could derail. Forget about a playoff run. They derail a season. Um, I you know who who in the West? If you are John Moran, who scares you? Who scares you in the West? Because we know right now, sitting a couple days before Christmas, it's not the defending champion Golden State Warriors. No, it can't because it can't be because they're just too beat up right now. They hadn't even been playing their best basketball before that. Um, so yeah, I, I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, it just seems like an awfully bold statement for a, a team that I think when you, you look at it, you go, okay, they have John Morant, but what else do they have? You know, in a playoff series, who else are they going to go to with Ja? And look, yeah. I mean, Ja has gotten them to the second-best record last year in the West, and it's a similar situation this year. But I also take a look at that team, and, and it feels like they're missing something. Do they fear Denver? I don't feel like Denver has been feared, um, despite having the back-to-back league MVP. Right, So right. I, I kind of understand where he's coming from at the same time. I, I can I can tell you right now. So Denver's the one seed right now. Uh, they get in on on yep. percentage points, or even I guess a tiebreaker on 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 Memphis. What Memphis has? Memphis is the toughest team in the Western Conference. They are the toughest team in the Western Conference now that Jaron Jackson is back. Uh, he is they they call him the Block Panther. Uh, he is the led the league in blocks uh, last season. Like Triple J is the truth at the rim. They have Steven Adams. They have the muscle to make you uncomfortable. And looking specifically at Nikola Jokic, they, these two these two played the other night, and Jokic didn't didn't want that smoke. He, he didn't want to shoot. He was a facilitator to the basketball. It's fine. He was coming off of a night where he had 27 rebounds. But that was against Charlotte. Charlotte's Charmin 
compared to what Memphis rolls out there on a nightly basis. Memphis is getting they're, – they're, they're going to get Bain back to 100%. They're going to get Brandon Clark back to 100%. They have offensive outlets for a guy in John Morant who is the prototype for a drive-and-kick point guard. Um, so they have the shooting that LeBron James wishes he had. So I, I believe in Memphis being the most complete team. They are just so young and unproven. That's why I love a young leader stepping up and making that statement. What do you make of John Moran's comments, and who should the Grizzlies fear? We turn to you, and you can give us a call on that Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You tell us next right here on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Also catch us on your smart speakers. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Randy Scott. We are in for the guys asking you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who should the Grizzlies fear? After John Morant told Malika Andrews in a sit-down, who is he concerned with when he looks across the league? He said Celtics, and then he said nobody in the West. Even after Malika asked the natural follow-up question, Oh, nobody in the West. He says, nope, we're good in the West. Who should the Grizzlies be concerned with? And what do you think of John Morant saying that? Give us a call on Dr. Pepper call online, 888-729-3776. We go to Eric in Texas. Eric, who should the Grizzlies be scared of in the West? Right, right now, I have to say the Pelicans. Uh, I mean, McCollum is going to be the key, but definitely the Pelicans. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm with you know, Zion's in the health and safety protocols. He's not going to go tonight. It's Pelicans and Spurs, but I think you're going to see CJ go for about 30. Uh, Brendan Ingram is getting closer and closer to being you know 100% of himself. I think the Pelicans have the talent, but they're they are they uh, Gabe they they make the Grizzlies look like a two-time defending champion in terms of experience level. You know what I mean? Like they are they are oh, so yeah. young. They are so young in New Orleans. So, and maybe this is unfair to Zion, but I, I still just don't, as, as electric as he is and as fun as he is to watch because he is, I mean, the, when the Pelicans are on and he's healthy, I, I stop to watch. I stop what I'm doing to watch a while because he might do something that you haven't seen yeah. on an NBA floor. Yeah. But I still don't trust the health factor. And maybe that's unfair to him because he has been healthy for the most part this year, but 24 games as a rookie, 61 games in the 2021 and then missing all of last year with a foot injury. I just have a hard time trusting that he's going to stay healthy through the remainder of this regular season. And then to any sort of sustained postseason run for the Pelicans. And maybe that's not fair to him, but that's just the way I feel about him right now. No, listen, I can be similarly unfair and I'm not trying to play what about ism, but I look, I look at the way that John Morant plays the game and I love 
the way he plays the game, but I see potential career-altering injury every time he takes flight. He he attacks the rim so recklessly. You talk about bad intentions, and I, he just makes you hold your breath as a fan of basketball. I'm not a Grizzlies fan. I'm a fan of watching him play, though, and I worry because his frame just doesn't seem built to support the kind of attacking style that he has. And you could say the same thing about Zion, right? I mean, he, his his frame is so big, so strong, that it does already have, you know, an impact on it, foot injuries and things like that. Um, I will say I give Zion a lot of credit. And, Gabe, I don't know your, your take on this, but, like, to sign the big deal that he signed and then come in with this renewed sense of prove it, it it's usually in reverse, right? It's like you he's, – he's having the career year after signing the career contract, and usually it's the other way around. Yeah, he's been incredibly efficient this year, um, being able to get to the free throw line with, with relative – um, you know, he, he's getting there frequently and having success at the free throw line, grabbing the rebounds, more assists this year. The, the scoring's been up. When he again, to me, when he's healthy, he is as fun of a player that as there is in the NBA. But just given the history, I have some concerns. Now, and that's not to say that this is always going to follow him around because I would say I felt the same way about Joel Embiid. And Embiid had a lot of injuries when when he was coming into the league especially foot injuries that he was dealing with. And for the most part, after those first two or three seasons for Embiid, he's been able to stay healthy and and now has found himself in the MVP conversation each of the last couple of seasons. So he can certainly overcome that. I just think right now that's still something that he has to prove, that he is completely healthy and can handle the rigors of a long NBA season because that's something that he has yet to do in his young NBA career, but there's still plenty of time, certainly, for uh, for him to prove that. Who should the Grizzlies fear? What do you think about John Morant saying the only team that he's concerned about when he looks around the NBA is the Boston Celtics? Told that to Malika Andrews. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We go out to Tim and Callie. Tim, you're on ESPN Radio. Who should the Grizzlies fear? Hey, man, you took the words right out of my mouth when you said uh, about his injuries. He got to care about being injured. I know you're not supposed to think that way, but uh, he didn't help his team last year, and they did pretty good without him. But uh, I would say, even though they, they're struggling right now, I think a healthy Warriors team, would I would fear in the eight seed, if they're eight seed, whatever, um, I, w- I would go with the Warriors. Yeah, they just have to figure it out. They have to get healthy, and, and they got to fight their way into the postseason. But I, I, I agree with Tim there, Randy, where the Warriors have – I mean, you want to talk about playoff experience. I mean, they have so much experience on that team. It doesn't matter what seed they are in the West. They, they would be a scary team and a tough out if they're healthy entering a postseason push. They have to get in first, though. And I understand Steph That's being, being out for a month at, with, with the shoulder issue. But right now they're on the outside looking in, playoff picture-wise. They are one of those teams. They just have to get invited to the dance. But I don't know. Even with Steph, they just they looked off. They looked different. Yeah, they they really did. And you, you kind of think they're going to figure it out. But they also had some spots where you thought they were going to figure it out before they won it all again last year. You're like, oh, maybe maybe they just can't quite recapture that magic. Yeah. And maybe last year was the last run that they could have. You, you, it's, it's hard to say with this Warriors team right now. It is early. That's the good news for them. They have time to recover. Coming up next, one AFC player says the Jets play different with a backup quarterback. You'll
Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.